Hey, Blake. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing absolutely amazing, sir. Fantastic. So uh, we are currently recording, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, obviously introduce myself. I'm the host, Mike Dunn. Um, I'm happy to have you here on the show. Uh, for anybody that is listening, um, and obviously this is pre-recorded, but I still speak as present tense, um, you can donate by, if you're on Anchor, you can sign up for a monthly donation. Uh, you can also visit um, the Cash App and PayPal that will be linked in the description of this podcast. Uh, anything and everything helps us continue doing what we're doing in the face of controversy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Blake, obviously, for anonymous reasons, I won't give your last name. Um, you're welcome to uh, give out any information you feel like giving out about yourself or if none uh, or none, if, if that's what you desire, I will say that. Uh, many of these, uh, many of my social media platforms, uh, one thing can go viral and one thing may not. So what you say could be heard by thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or potentially only heard by 20 people. Um, so keep that in mind during this discussion. Um, to my listeners, uh, what Blake may say uh, will not necessarily uh, platform or uh, not platform, but represent my personal views. And what I say will not solely represent Blake's views. Uh, we will agree and disagree on some things. Um, but that's the point of this podcast is to talk about very uncomfortable subjects. Uh, so how are you doing, Blake? You're doing good. Uh, I'm doing absolutely amazing, man. I'm glad to be here. Um, definitely. It's, it's definitely an honor to be able to speak with you for sure. Uh, I've known about you for a few years. Uh, Unfortunately, through Vice News is how I found out about you. But, uh, but uh, nah. yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to be here. Fantastic, man. So, uh, uh, what do you do for work, man? What what what? If you don't mind sharing that. Well, I'm in private security currently, um, executive protection, that type of that type of gig. Um, I'm also licensed in that as well, executive protection and armed security. Awesome. Awesome, man. It's a, it's definitely a hit or miss type career field. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot of, uh, Hey man, we need you to come do this. And then, you know, you don't get paid as much as you were told you were going to get paid. But you yeah. Know, uh, it, try, a- try doing executive protection with a face like mine. Uh, nobody will hire me because of my political, uh, <laughs> associations. <laughs> I can, uh, I can definitely attest to that. I had a, uh, a client, uh, asked me one time is very recently I told him that I was still learning the, uh, the trade and whatnot and that I was going to be licensed within about a year or so. And guy was like, well, um, I kind of looked at your TikTok and I don't, I don't think I want you to, to work for me. And I was like, dude, <laughs> wouldn't you want somebody like that? And he's like, yeah. well, I mean, I just want somebody that's going to look tough. And I was like, ah, well, that, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm five foot seven, 150 pounds soaking wet. That's not me. Man. <laughs> uh, I wish I could get close to 150. I've, I've lost quite a bit of weight here in Ukraine. I'm probably hanging out a little bit, slightly over the 200 mark now. I used to be about 235, um, about five foot eight, pretty solid, brolic. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the conversations for today. Now, Blake, as you know, my podcast is centered around controversial subjects. Um, all that I ask is is your respect, which I already know I'm going to receive. 
Um, and then my listeners who submit uh, questions before the before the podcast, after the podcast, um, I ask for your respect also. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, the con- the discussion we're going to have uh, for this episode is going to be the pros and cons of of police officers, cops, um, and then uh, we're also going to discuss foreign military involvement. Uh, and I, yeah, I think this conversation has a lot of potential. I'd like to go for a minimum of 30 minutes, a maximum of about an hour and 10. Um, that's completely dependent upon you, Blake, and, and whether we run out of things to, to discuss. Um, but first and foremost, let me ask you, as most of my, my listeners know, and as you know, I do not align politically right or left. I have viewpoints from the right viewpoints from the left. I generally align myself with libertarian. If you are comfortable sharing Blake and, and to preface this, I have, uh, people on here, I will have people on here that are far left. I'll have people on here that are far right, extremely far right, extremely far left. Um, I'm not here to judge you about your political affiliation. Um, right. I'm here to critique uh, the left wing and the right wing and to expose the hypocrisy of both um, while also platforming my own views. But at the same time, I will platform your views as well. Uh, do you, if you don't mind sharing, do you align left or right wing politically? Are you centrist, libertarian? What exactly uh, do you align with, if anything? Honestly, man, the most I align with would be libertarian. Um, there okay. are a few things within the libertarian party that I, that I don't like, but mainly I'm libertarian. Um, most of the time when, you know, people ask me out in public or whatever, I just tell them I'm apolitical, that I don't side with anybody. Because in today's world, you tell somebody you're libertarian and they automatically assume you're a, an extremist or a, a terrorist of some sort. <laughs> I definitely... Uh... I definitely understand that. Um, I have been literally called a terrorist um, by people in my hometown. I've been called a terrorist by the media. Um, So, and, and all because I just upheld libertarian ideals and values. Uh, So I definitely, definitely understand that. So uh, let's go ahead and and jump in uh, to this conversation uh, concerning cops. Now I have my personal opinion and personal viewpoint. um, So I'm sure we're going to agree on some things and we may disagree on some things as well, Blake, but that's what this is about. It is a, um, a very comfortable space for a controversial conversation. And so I want you to be comfortable. Uh, if something you do not want to talk about, uh, you simply say so, and we will switch uh, gears, go to a different subject. Uh, once again, this is, unless you choose it not to be, this is anonymous. Um, and so feel comfortable uh, saying wh- whatever's on your mind, whatever you think about. Uh, I expect my podcast to be banned any- anyway, so anything you say is not going to just get me banned. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, as far as cops go, uh, what are some of the, um, if any, uh, what are some of the pros that you see, uh, towards, uh, police officers, some of the positives? Well, kind of a, a little bit of a, a background on my opinion of police officers. My dad was a, a law enforcement officer for four years. Um, hearing his side of the job and what he didn't like about officers and, and what I strictly don't like about them the only pro that i see to them is a a ready force to combat evil really that's it um most of the the officers that i've spoken to they're not serious about their job uh, a prime example would be uvalde texas what recently just happened mm-hmm. they stood outside mm-hmm. of the school before 
a shooter. They had plenty of guys. They could have gone in and combated that threat and countered him, but they refused to. Instead, they decided to pepper spray and tase parents from keeping them to get to their children. And and, and what blows my mind, uh, first of all, let me note uh, to our listeners that uh, so so we're speaking to a cop's son who has a completely different point of view about police uh, than we do because our point of view, um, I've worked in law enforcement uh, and so I have my point of view. Um, and then people who have not worked in law enforcement but been on the receiving end of law enforcement have their point of view. And then you're the the, the son of a law enforcement officer. Um, so you have a completely different point of view, uh, at home point of view. Um, so I think this will be fantastic. But I also want to jump in on that the Texas shooting thing is it blows my mind because uh, as a, when I first entered the correctional field um, as a correctional officer, uh, we were trained uh, to confront the threat. Um, You never, uh, and, and I think it was started training in law enforcement across the board, police officers, correctional environment, et cetera, um, that you never, you don't secure the scene anymore. The first officer who arrives is not there to secure the scene. Uh, we supposedly learned that after Columbine. And your job is to confront the threat and neutralize that threat immediately or as quick as possible. And it blows exactly. my mind that officers stood outside of that school with, sitting on their hands while a maniac walked around inside of that school shooting and murdering children, helpless, innocent individuals. And it, it goes to show that uh, the police are literally there. Uh, as as their famous saying goes, for my safety, um, for their safety, their own safety, and nobody else's. Exactly, and and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, growing up, you know, my dad was a cop for for like I said for four years. Um, he never had to encounter any threats like that or anything of that sort. But he was probably one of the few officers that I respected. Um, I've had my run in with the law, as I'm sure most people listening have already had a run in with the law. I mean, who hasn't, you know? Yeah. Every officer that I've spoken to has told me the exact same thing. And I, and I asked a, a, a police officer here in my city what his opinion was. And he said, you know, when you arrive on a scene like that, your job is to wait for sufficient people so you can go into that school or into that structure and confront that threat. Well, from what I've seen from the media, which, I mean, we can't really trust the media these days, but pictures don't lie, about 12, maybe 13 guys in full kit standing outside by a tree bullshitting with their dicks in their hands. Yep. And, I mean, call me old-fashioned, but, I mean, if somebody called me and told me, hey, you know, my son or, or my daughter is at a school and there's somebody shooting it, I'm grabbing my kit and I'm going to that school and I'm going to prevent that because the police don't care about your safety. And anybody that's listening, you need to understand, they're not here to protect and serve anymore. They, they well, that's, and and that, that, that's actually a Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court, and there, I'm pretty sure it was the Supreme Court, but I may be wrong on that, but there was a court ruling um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll correct myself if need be, but there was a court ruling that ruled recently well, within the past couple of years, that their job is not to protect and serve. Their job is to enforce the law and always has been. And that doesn't surprise me at all whatsoever. I have a respect for officers that uphold their oath, but I have an absolute disrespect and disgust towards officers that do not. Um, these cocky assholes that will try to and pardon my French, of course, but these these cocky guys that will that'll come up onto the job and they'll attempt to, you know, Ticket you for whatever they can. Um, not even, not, 
not just the ones that, you know, that'll harass you and they get away with it because they have a piece of metal that says, you know, they're a peace officer. They keep the peace. The only peace I've seen is, you know, an innocent black man was killed, you know, for, I mean, so what if he had drugs or whatever? I don't remember. Well, not, not even, and, and we don't even have to note uh, a race is a, is a completely uh, different topic that we're going to get into on, on future ones, but not even just an innocent black man. I mean, look at the innocent people across the board. Um, oh, yeah. we, we forget so many times we're caught up in the racial injustices, injustice, and I'm completely for that. But I also want to note that it's not only that it is literally innocent people, regardless of, of race being killed um, by people who are hiding behind a badge as a shield. So, with that, with that small twist on thing, I want to ask you, Blake, what is your opinion concerning when and, – and cops love to use this phrase – for my safety, would you please step out of the vehicle? For my safety and yours, would you please uh, hand over your weapon uh, so that I can secure it for the uh, continuation of this traffic stop? What do you think of that phrase? What do you think of that whole idea? I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, why – I can kind of get behind, you know, you don't want, if I'm being aggressive or if I'm being, you know, uncompliant, I can kind of understand why you wouldn't want me to have a weapon. It'd make you nervous as it would anybody else. But if I'm being completely cordial with you, I'm giving you my identification. I'm telling you where I'm going. You have no, no reason for me to step out of my vehicle. You have no reason to have my weapon. That's yeah. And and I, I completely agree. I was pulled over by a, a Virginia State Patrolman, and I had an AR in my front seat. I was wearing my pistol. Uh, when he pulled me over, I put my hands out of my window to signify, hey, I am armed. Uh, and he asked me during our conversation, uh, for my safety and yours, uh, can I take those weapons? Can you hand me those weapons? I will put secure them in my vehicle until we're done with our conversation. And I immediately said, I will happily do that with the understanding that you also put your weapon inside of your vehicle and secure it. So then we're both completely weaponless. And of course he immediately disagreed with that and uh, an argument ensued. Uh, he, he did not end up taking my weapons um, to put inside of his vehicle. I did not give them up. Um, and I actually, I, I ended up not getting the ticket uh, because he was more focused on a debate than anything else. But I find it completely crazy that we are expected to give up weapons for our safety while allowing people who control our safety to have those weapons uh, on their own person. I, I find it uh, and not, not hypocritical, but uh, stupid and ignorant. And I want to encourage our listeners out there. Um, if, if a cop wants you to be completely at his mercy, there's a problem. There's an issue. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree I've more. never, and something I've said in the previous podcast and something I will always say is I have never seen a protest uh, brutalized where people are armed. And if you're armed and you exercise it uh, in the right manner, in a careful manner, um, then you're not going to sit here and be brutalized. And uh, it's just, it, it's better that way. And I, I think that that is ridiculous that we should have to, to, to submit to such things. But yet I, I hear Republicans all the time. They want to say, you know, well, for their safety, you need to respect the officer, you know, and it's a complete contradiction of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment states that uh, the right, well, part of it, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And bearing those arms is carrying them with me and infringing that is stopping me from doing so. And when you prevent that for any 
minimal amount of time, regardless of where it is, it's a violation of the Second Amendment and its purity. And I, I'm completely against that. Another thing you talked about, like you mentioned, was how it's like a, a ready force to combat evil. Well, that's another thing. Our forefathers warned us of a standing army, and yet we literally fund one, the right wing, who supposedly adheres to our forefathers and patriotism and Americanism, uh, literally helps fund and back a standing army in the U.S. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's I, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that we're, we're raised, uh, especially people who are conservative, we're raised to respect and appreciate something that completely violates what our forefathers intended. Our forefathers had police officers. They were called redcoats. They marched through our cities. They controlled our people. They made sure they paid their taxes. They threw them in jail if they didn't comply. They enforced curfews. They stopped protesting protesters. They shot protesters. And you know what our forefathers did? Our forefathers freaking shot them. Our forefathers killed them. We had an entire revolution over it, which was the birth of our great, wonderful nation. And our conservatives are completely throwing that away. We were overtaxed. Our tax money goes to these people. And well, before I get into the whole list of negatives, I do want to throw some pros in there. I do not hate cops. I have some police officers who are friends of mine. What I hate about cops is the hypocrisy. Most first and foremost, the misuse of our tax dollars and the fact that they can have equipment that I cannot have. There should be no distinguished difference between access of access to weapons between cops and regular civilians. But yet there is. Um, exactly. They can have access to, to, to things we cannot. And, and that's completely and I wrong. Would, I would like to throw something in there, Mike. Yeah. To anybody listening, if you don't share the same views as us, let me kind of clarify this. We don't want recreational nuclear weapons. We don't want JDAMs. We just want to be on par with what our government has, strictly for the reason that one day they could decide to turn on us, and it needs to be an even playing field, just as our forefathers intended. Well, and I think I do want to throw a little thing in there is they've already turned on us, but I do agree with you. Um, and something I discussed, well, I, I won't jump into that, but it's uh, – it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm here in Ukraine. Um, I've been here since uh, the first week of March. And pl the police force in the United States sent military equipment, surplus military equipment that they had to Ukraine. It is a problem when we're paying taxes, ridiculous taxes, to support our law enforcement. And they have so much surplus that they're sending it to Ukraine and not only surplus, but military equipment, military grade equipment that they have that we can't have, that they're sending it to Ukraine. That's a problem. And yet we think we don't have a standing army. Um, I'm completely for a level playing field. And we are way past that. We are not on a level playing field, but we still maintain a foothold. And if we allow uh, the, the liberal left – uh, and, and once again, I do want to throw in here that I, I dislike the liberal left just as much as I dislike the right. But if we allow them to take control and, and, and pass these, these gun control uh, resolutions, um, it's going to create an issue. And what a lot of your right-wingers do not realize, and it's due to their own stupidity and brainwashing, is, Blake, let me ask you this. Okay. When does, when does the law have power? Don't think too deeply. Just give me an answer. When does the law have power? Um, uh, at any point from, from my, from my 20 years 
seeing, you know, through life at any point. An officer can well, roll up on me at any point in time. Well, that's not what I'm asking. That's not what I'm asking. Let me rephrase this. Let me okay. rephrase this. I'm going to phrase it as a statement instead of a question because I'm not sure how to ask the question I want to ask. A law has power when it's enforced, which goes hand in hand with what you're saying at any point. But the law does not have power when it's on paper. The law does not have power when it's voted into being. The law does not have power when it's introduced. The law does not have power when it's backed by the Senate or Congress. The law only has power when an officer decides to enforce it. I see where you're coming from now. Yeah. You're absolutely and right. A lot of people think, oh, we've got to, we must lobby our, our legislators. We must lobby our government and beg them to make a law that we agree with. Wrong, incorrect. Because that's not how to fix the problem. The, the laws literally do not matter until a police force enforces them. If there was a sheriff's department that said, stood up and said, I'm going to cut state funding. I don't need state funding. I don't need federal funding. I'm going to take my county's funding. I'm going to legalize this, this, and this. I'm going to quit arresting people on firearms charges. I'm going to quit arresting people for owning a firearm uh, while having a felony. I'm going to quit do- and, and go through the list and do that. I would actually support them, and I would say, okay, you know what? Th- this is pretty cool. That would be the people taking back the power of the law, but that doesn't happen, obviously. No, no. And what a lot of people fail to uh, to see is, it's not just our local law enforcement that is an issue. It's our alphabet soup agencies as well. There we uh, go. The FBI, the ATF, the DEA, even the CIA. Um, if any of you don't think that some of these shootings have been orchestrated, then I, I genuinely believe that you're lost. Some of these have <laughs> been – I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. There was a uh, the, the Buffalo shooter. You remember that in New yep. York? Uh, and then you had the Uvalde shooter. They were in the same Discord, Mike, and they both talked to a person by the name of Armand in the same server. And this Armand person said, Texas in 16 days after Buffalo had happened. There's screenshots of it everywhere. Mm-mm-mm. If you, if, if any of you think that this is just some kind of coincidence. Some I fluke in the system. <laughs> I've got news for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else I can show you to say, hey, here's your proof. The government's not our friend. You know, they're, they're not here for our best interest. I mean, for God's sakes, we're running out of baby formula in our grocery stores. But, you know, pray for Ukraine, you know. Yeah. And don't no, get I, me wrong. Those, the, those people and what you're doing over there is amazing. And I'm, I'm very glad you're there. I'm kind of mm-hmm. jealous you're there and I'm not there yet. <laughs> but, no, I, but I completely, I completely agree with you. It's insane. We're living in a society that that has its morals all wrong. It has its objectives all wrong. You know, well, see that boils by idiots. Well, that that boils down to an entire different conversation. But I'm going to go ahead and hit on it uh, because my podcast is kind of free flowing. But we live, especially in America, and I say this word carefully, and I want people to understand the the meaning behind the word, not the connotation that it brings. We live in a society, especially in America, that puts nationalism in the rear. Now, I, I say that uh, I say that carefully, and I, once again, I want to encourage people to understand what nationalism is and not simply associate it because of its connotation. But America should come first 
the people of America should come first before any other country. Our baby formula shortage should come first before sending 50 billion to Ukraine to help Ukraine. Our homeless people in the street, regardless of veteran status or not, should come first before sending $50 billion to Ukraine, sending billions of dollars to, to every other country that we support. Um, and it's completely it's it's part of what's ruining America is we do not put Americans first. No, we don't. We we have. I don't. Sadly, I've seen when we've put Americans first in my 20 years, at least I've not seen. It's always been about another country, whether it's been about Iraq, Afghanistan, the Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. It's never been about these people are struggling, but we're struggling here at home. I'm sorry, we can't help you right now. We need to focus on our own issues. Yeah, because I, I promise you, I'm going to make sure that my parents are fed before I make sure that somebody in another state is fed. And Amen. I'm going to make sure that my state is fed before somebody in another country is fed. And uh, I, I think people are, are completely missing that point. Or Or a lot of people understand this, but 435 people in our Congress represent 300. 360 million people and it's getting lost in translation. Um, I think there are a lot of joint views between the left and right, but they're thrown out of the window because of one side's pure hatred for the other or, or tall hatred. Um, but anyways, we're getting a little, little bit uh, chasing a little rabbit rabbit hole here. So back to, back to the police, um, back to the police. Um, I think that one of the benefits of having police is uh uh, I'm gonna have to think hard for this one anyways. And there's your joke for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, another negative, uh, about police is the fact that, um, they always seem to be above, above the law. Um, they can, oh, yeah. they can do things and, and literally suffer less time for crimes that I would get uh, a ridiculous amount of time for. Um, I believe, uh, there was a, there, it was on the news the other day, there was a sheriff, um, who purchased, uh, I, th- I can't remember, it was over 100 fully automatic firearms um, for the sheriff's department, but illegally, uh, and he received two years of probation. Really? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Now, I'm going to go, uh, let me see if I can pull it up uh, while we talk here, um, But because I want to give the specifics on it. Uh, but picture yourself uh, – purchasing one fully automatic firearm and getting caught with it illegally. Oh, we're talking a shit ton of federal charges. Yes. And we're talking about my kids and my wife in the house with me and a SWAT team kicking in our door, flashbanging us, shooting my dog. There's my joke. Arresting (laughs) me on multiple charges. Simply because I had a weapon that can fire just as fast as theirs. Here we go. United States Department of Justice, former Ohio police chief and two Indiana gun dealers plead guilty in conspiracy to illegally traffic 200 fully automatic machine guns. His name was Dorian LaCourse, 66 years of age, pleaded guilty today to conspiracy and making false statements. Uh, LaCourse was indicted by a federal grand jury for using his law enforcement position to illegally help two federally licensed firearms dealers in Indiana acquire and resell approximately 200 fully automatic machine guns using false documents. Um, Blah, 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 blah. And I'll tell you how much time he got. 
Um, look, oh, LaCourse also placed direct orders for German-made machine guns that were purported to be paid for by the police department. In fact, the purchases were fully funded by the other two guys and intended to bypass restrictions on the importation of such weapons by anyone other than the police. Oh, listen to that phrase, other than the police or the military. So for wow. one point in this document is saying, ah, the police and military can have it, but the regular civilian can't, which we've already discussed. And secondly, is showing you that, you know, he's trying to actively break the established law. Now, yeah. The police department was never authorized to purchase these weapons, and the Indiana gun dealers never provided any demonstrations on machine guns to the police department. Instead, the gun dealers resold the machine guns at a significant profit, blah, 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 blah. LaCourse received over $11,500 for the gun dealers for his role in the uh, scheme. Now, here we go. LaCourse pleaded guilty to conspiracy. He faced up to 15 years in federal prison. Now, I'm going to read you what he got. Give me one second, because this was released on April. Oh, you take your time. Yep. I'm going to have to find where he was actually uh, uh, processed, but he received uh, – he doesn't have to do jail time. He's going to be, at, like, in-home arrest and probation um, for right at, like, two years. So, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Now, does it say whether or not that the department still got to keep those weapons, or were they confiscated? No, some were already sold, and then I believe the rest was confiscated. Well, at least they don't have them. <laughs> yeah, I have encountered a situation, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if we can find this here. All right, don't want to read that. Uh, let me pull up his name to see if I can find what he actually got. Da, 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 da. There we go. The Ohio ex-police officer gets probation two days ago. Wow. He was sentenced to three years probation. And this is for uh, purchasing and importing 200 fully automatic machine guns. See, if you or I did that, we would be in the lowest hole for the rest of our lives. Bro, I yeah, we, we would we would go to prison. We would never exit prison. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. And but but this is this is the type of law enforcement that we've people on the right, conservatives, I myself raised conservative, have been taught to support. And then somebody goes, Oh, let me highlight some other hypocrisy here on the right. And I'm not only attacking the right, I'm attacking the left too, because I'm sick of the hypocrisy. But let me highlight this. Every time I see a story like this, I say, hey, look, another cop doing a bad thing. And every time a Republican comments and says, well, just because, you know, he did bad doesn't mean they're all doing bad. You shouldn't judge all of them. OK, well, regardless of what you believe politically, uh, what about the 98 percent of BLM protests that were peaceful? And yet you've judged every single one off of the ones that were bad. Now, I do not agree with the BLM organization. I don't agree with some of their statements. I do agree with their right to protest. And I do, I do think that we should judge them equally. So I sit here and I see this hypocrisy. You see BLM saying, hey, don't judge me off of the actions of a few. But then they say, oh, judge all cops off of the actions of a few. And then you have the right wing say, okay, don't judge cops off of the actions of a few, but judge all BLM off the action. It's complete hypocrisy on both sides. And I try to take it case by case and say, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. But when there's repeated evidence, not just 2% of cops are screwing up. There is a lot of police officers that are screwing up every day. There are a lot of 
police officers that are disregarding the laws they're supposed to enforce. And, and somehow, somehow we've been taught that we're supposed to support this uh, complete idiocy. And for whatever reason, they expect us to just, you know, bend at the knee and support it. They, they, they expect us to, to look at whatever they're telling us and just say, oh, well, like, okay, I guess that's all right because, you know, they said so. And, yep. and most Americans do. And I can speak for that. You know, I, I come from a family that's very left wing, you know, and I, it's a completely different topic. But, you know, the, the vaccine is a prime example, a prime example. You know, and, and it's a, and, it's a prime it's a prime example either direction. It's a prime example that the ones who take it completely believing the government has their best interests in mind because they were told to. Uh, it's a prime example that direction, but it's also a prime example that the ones who refuse it refuse it because their politicians tell them to. Right. Nobody does Nobody, anything anymore. No, no one's a free thinker. And, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of jokes about that nowadays. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do this because I'm a free thinker. You know, I think for myself, you know, no, you don't. You, know, you don't look at things and think about it in the future and think about what the future plan is behind their plan. You know, yeah. why would they offer me money to take something that's free to put in my body? That's the way I looked at it because I'm native. I'm native. And my tribe had offered me $500 to take the vaccine. That's when the alarm bells start going off. But other people look at that and they're like, oh, they're incentives. They're incentives. They, they're, they're trying to help us. This is like, you know, to help our economy. Right. You know, because the government has this very long history of, you know, helping people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> MKUltra. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> frog in my throat. And, 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 and on that note, going back to the police and, and, and their supposed help of people. I will say from my personal experience, now I was involved in a lot of uh, issues regarding the Boogaloo movement. Um, I was outed as a supposed snitch. Um, and the reason behind that is a, a, a gentleman by the name of David Phillips, um, who ended up going to jail uh, because I reported him to the police. And I say that unashamedly, I sleep well at night. Uh, he intended to blow up a hospital, very bad situation. I had to either speak about it or say or kill him and take 10 years 15 years in prison and be outed as a supposed murderer so i went the other route and going back to what you said at the beginning was they're already forced to combat evil that's the type of evil they should be stopping and exactly i do want to i've i've combated this accusation of being a snitch for uh two years um uh, being a snitch is someone who just does it, you know, for money, does it for fun, whatever. Uh, there was an actual legitimate issue here. And I think that that's where the police's job should stop. Their job is to prevent a crime when there is a serious crime present. Beyond that, they should not have any type of authority. Right. You can't uh, say, I couldn't agree more. You can't sit here and say, I can't own a machine gun because you don't know what I'm going to do with that machine gun. That's completely wrong. That's, uh, basically saying I'm going to arrest you because you were preparing potentially, maybe possibly to commit a crime. Uh, who knows? Uh, instead of saying this they is hard for things. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but this, Fine. this is just a perfect opportunity for me to say this. The, this is, Oh, this is absolutely beautiful. They arrest us for crimes that we have not even committed yet. 
off yeah, the correct. Bones. It's and that is that's and, a very deep thought. That's had a, a small hunch that you know. Oh, hey, uh, for example, you know, I don't own one, but you know, Blake's got a, a belt-fed machine gun. Hmm, he could use that to commit a massacre, or he could use that just for fun. So hmm. let's say that he's I'm, going yeah, to commit a massacre and arrest him for it. Well, let's make it illegal yeah. because, you know, 50-50 is going to go one way or the other. So let's just assume. Here we go. Hold on. So you made a good point. So let me make a good point. So let's assume he's a bad person and go ahead right. and make it illegal and arrest him for it, which basically means that every law, not every law, but many laws, especially regarding guns, uh, were created because they assume you're a bad person. So with that in mind, remember that every time a cop comes to your house, every time a cop pulls you over, every time a cop goes to enforce the law, it's because that law, the lawmaker and him already assume you're a bad person. Amen. Because that law exists Amen. because of the assumption that you were going to do something bad. Right. And that's all they care about. They, I mean, I've met a few cops that really cared about their communities. But most of them won't even bat an eye at you if you need help. Most of yeah. them won't even bat an eye at you if, if, you know, for example, about two years ago, I was robbed out in public. I was downtown. It was late at night. Someone stole my phone, my wallet, and my keys. I approached a, a police officer, um, and I'll, I'll tell you the department. It was Tulsa Police. Okay. I told him what was going on, and he said, unless you have viable evidence that this happened, I can't do anything for you. We haven't received a call. You need to step away from my vehicle. So, um, and I said, okay. how in Both. the absolute hell am I supposed to call you? You're supposed to be here to help me. Well, so both both points are <laughs> both points are made in that conversation. One being they're not here to help, and two being once again their job should be uh, only exercised. Uh, if a serious crime has been committed or is about to be committed, and there's 100% evidence of that, so I think both points are are featured there. Um, especially the fact that they're they're not really here to help; they're here to do what their masters say do. Um, when I went in Richmond, Virginia, they made it illegal to open carry. I took my men down there. We open carried blatantly with complete disregard uh, to what they said. We tore their signs down, um, and I gave. I threw the signs at the police officer's feet and I said, take this back to your masters because at the end of the day, that's all they're doing. They're answering to their masters. And uh, I think we as a nation, we need to wake up to the fact the left needs to wake up to the fact that you can't take guns from everybody and then expect the police to be the only ones that have them. If you hate the police and the right needs to wake up and realize that the police are not on their side. Um, they've been used to escort parents out of, out of, uh, school meetings. They've been used to escort people out of town council meetings, exercising their freedom of speech. They've shut these meetings down, especially here in Virginia. They've shut them down. They've been exercised to do that. Um, they've been used to defend, uh, public property owned by the state, but not defend a property owned by the people. Uh, and, and their job is to create revenue at the end of the day. That's what their job is. Their job is to create revenue and enforce laws. Uh, and, 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 and even more, let's go on to that. If, if a law is a, simply a fine, then that law was created for the poor man. That's it. Yep. It was not created for uh, the rich. No, no. Pete, if you have money, which I'm just going to state this because it, it's truly what I believe. If you have money, you're above the law. If you have a badge, you're above the law. If you are in a position of government, 
you're above the law. But if you're like you Correct. and I are, the average American, you're SOL. Correct. You better be and, walking and, on eggshells when an officer approaches your window. Otherwise, he's going to beat the hell out of you, or he's going to tase you, or he's going to shoot you. Yep. So and that. And I do want to encourage people. Um, always be very careful with officers. Do not talk if you do not have to. And at the end of the day, remember that they are not there for you. They are there to trip you up. They're there to get you. They're there to, to write you off on, on a tally. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. We've got about 20, 25 minutes left. Um, and let's talk about the second subject of today, foreign military involvement. We kind of talked about this slightly a few minutes ago. Um, and I try to keep this podcast rolling and, and keep things going. So with foreign military involvement, I myself, I'm in Ukraine. I served in the United States Marine Corps. I did not fulfill an entire contract, but I did earn my title for anyone asking. I retained my title with an honorable discharge. I joined at 17. I got out at 19 years of age. My parents signed for me to join. Um, I was hurt. I was discharged. Um, I swept the force in the name of freedom, raw. Uh, but I volunteered. <laughs> I volunteered to come to Ukraine. I have fought in Ukraine. I have combat experience here in Ukraine. I volunteered to come here. But while being here and while taking the side of the Ukrainian people, not taking the side of the politics of either side, but taking the side of the Ukrainian people who have been subjected to this invasion, having seen the the dead children here, having seen the apartment buildings that were struck by missiles uh, with no uh, military presence nearby, uh, I still stand 100% against America putting boots on the ground here. Um, 1,000%. I'm against signing up for your country, saying I want to serve my country and stand for my country, and then being sent to someone else's country to die for them. I'm 1,000% against that. Exactly, exactly. Here's my take on the whole Ukraine deal. Mike, technically you would be considered a mercenary, right? Yeah, correct. Basically, someone who is not really fighting for I mean, it's kind of hard to explain because mercenary is someone who's not really fighting for morality, but is fighting for money. But the idea is the same as I'm just a volunteer fighter that's here to fight because, you know, I like fighting. I want to fight. Um, right. But right. yeah, freedom fighter. So with that being said, you know, I wanted to enlist in the, in the military growing up as a kid and I, I realized when I turned 18, that it was not a good idea. Yeah. Growing up, I was always told, you know, oh, the military defends our freedom and they defend our country. How is it defending my country when I'm in the desert of Afghanistan or in the desert of Iraq? Or, for example, I get sent to freaking Ukraine. You know, that's not my fight. That's not our war. Let them dish that out. You know, that's between Russia and Ukraine. At no point did Russia say, hey, America, jump in here. You know, you're, no, you're, you're, you're completely right. And that's one thing about like, let's, let's talk about Vietnam for, for instance, is my grandfather served in Vietnam, uh, combat in Vietnam. He was in the army for 28 and a half years. Um, uh, and the way he was treated when he came home was absolutely ridiculous, but the protesters were right about something. And that's the fact that, our American soldiers, our American boys, our government had no right to sacrifice their lives for another another country. And the same thing in, in Iraq, the, uh, oh, which, you know, the weapons of mass destruction turned out to not even exist. And the same thing in Afghanistan, where we literally, I remember as a young boy, 
a man in my church being deployed to Afghanistan. And then me as a young man having friends, I had a staff sergeant friend of mine who was killed in Afghanistan. I had, I've had brothers of mine who with their deployment was Afghanistan while I was in the Marine Corps. When I got out of the Marine Corps, a 20 year fight over 20 year fight, uh, people dying there. The government has no right to send people to die. Uh, and it, I promise you it's not for our country. And, and the protesters had that right about Vietnam. It's right about Afghanistan. It's right about Iraq. Is uh, We have no right to be there. We're not supposed to be there. Uh, our job is not to be the security of the world. Our job is to secure America and put America first. Amen. But Amen. instead... And, and, Instead, we're protecting assets. They're, technically, they're not even assets because the country's in so much debt. They're, they're, they're not even assets. But uh, we're protecting assets, which is the same. It transferred back to the police. The police's job is to protect assets. America's military is the police force of the world. We're over here protecting assets, uh, and, and politicians are getting richer, and they're sacrificing our boys' lives uh, on some bullcrap, and, and it's completely wrong. And so – Circling back, I'm 100% against foreign military involvement. I don't care where it is. I do not care for what reason it is. I don't care if a world war happens tomorrow and Russia uh, has re recreated the USSR and is murdering women and children and everybody else across Europe. It is not America's business to be involved as, as a nation. Volunteers, it's different because you choose to go, you choose to be a part, but no country should be able to tell a Someone who signed up for their country to go here and fight and die. It is not America's business. America needs to stay out of it. I'm also against sending tax dollars that while we have homeless people on the street, regardless of veteran status or not, while we have, as mentioned, the baby formula shortage, gas prices through the roof, people struggling every day. And yet we're going to send 50 billion freaking dollars to Ukraine, you know, to help out. Uh, I, I do support sending weaponry that we don't need. Like I, I saw a shipment here in Ukraine. I've seen it with my own eyes, M240s, um, sort of old, uh, I believe M16s um, that uh, the military is not currently using anymore. We're switching over to new platforms and they right. donate them to Ukraine. I'm completely on board with that. It's not something we need. My tax dollars Absolutely. have already been wasted. My tax dollars have already been wasted on it. So go ahead and donate it, but we're going to donate 50 billion freaking dollars to Ukraine and not, use it to combat gas prices hmm, interesting exactly i'm more right now i'm more concerned with you know the if you look around mike i mean you're not stateside right now but i'm sure you've seen you're seeing everything that's happening with you know the gas prices the formula shortage but if you look into it a little bit closer a lot of people would call me a conspiracy theorist for this but there are food plants that are burning to the freaking ground they're, they're catching on fire. Farmers are being paid to destroy their crops. Our government is creating a food shortage. And I do want to I do want to jump in here and note really quick as a disclaimer, um, Blake, because you said, oh, you may see me as a conspiracy theorist. I don't have an right. opinion. I do want to note publicly, I do not have an opinion about you uh, that I share publicly. And to my listeners, what Blake may say is completely on his own accord. It does not represent my views, and what I say does not represent his. So you may disagree with what he has to say. You may agree, uh, but just listen and hear him out. So please continue. As I was stating before, and you're completely right, farmers are being paid. It's, it's been going on since the beginning of last year. Um, I have a relative in Nebraska. Um, government approached him 
and told him that they would give him a substantial amount of money if he would destroy his crops. So he did. Absolutely wiped him out. It's happening all over the United States. Then we have fires at food plants, processing plants, grocery stores. Now we have the baby formula shortage. And if people and I, would if 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 people would wake up and just look into this a little bit more, they would start to realize that the government is issuing its plans for us to be more dependent on them instead of self There we go. That's what I was about to interrupt you with was the fact that the government's sole purpose is to create dependency upon them. And when they create dependency, they create power. And when they create more power, they create more dependency. And the sooner people realize this, the better off we will be. But instead, we're lulled to sleep. And this completely circles back to the fact that any part of government created is not for your help, whether that be police whether that be administration, whether that be uh, the judicial system, none of it is for you. None of it is for your help. It is all created so that we can circular, in a circular way, create dependency upon government. It's like the stimulus. It's like the fact that the stimulus checks. It's like welfare. Uh, it's all created so that people feel, okay, I have nowhere else to turn. I must turn to government. Uh, the World Trade Centers, I am not saying – I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying that it was done right. by our government or it was done by the Middle East. I, I, I don't care who it was done by, but it was used, manipulated to create dependency upon the, the presidential office. And the entire America looked at our president and was like, oh, my God, uh, please help us. Please be our strength. Please. And boom, we're in another war. It's, it's all created for dependency. Precisely. Or manipulated. Other wars have been. If you talk to any GWAT veteran, especially those that were in Afghanistan, and you ask them, why were we there? What would be the answer they give you? I we don't, don't know. freaking know. We don't know. We don't I, know. I have no idea. I went over there. Oh, I, I wasn't over there, but I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody that I know. We went over there. I had six friends. Only four of us came back. I don't know what the mission was. Yep. You know? And that, that's the reality of, you know, even our boys that you talked about being in the military. They're not told anything. They're not, and Russia is a prime example of that as well. Half oh, boy. Tell me about it. That, that you guys have been captured, capturing, their main they, – they were told that they were going on a They knew the basic. They knew, they knew the fact that, hey, we need to secure this area. It's a training exercise. Beyond that, they know nothing, and that's what – well, now they know something, but that's what a yeah. lot of our military was like in the U.S. was, yeah, we're going to Afghanistan to secure our base that is set up. But, but why is our base there, number one? Why is this mission right. uh, approved? What is this mission for? And what is the entire Afghanistan involvement for? And we're not meant to know. But at the end of the day, it's to line a politician's pocket. It's the same thing here in Ukraine. It's about money. It's not about pride for Russia. It's about securing uh, certain ports. Uh and, and making a stand and making money. And Ukraine's response currently, I feel, is actual more of a pride thing, more of a you're killing my people. I'm going to stand up. It's an honor thing. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, it's also going to be about money. These boys, I've told these boys in Ukraine, I've said repeatedly, you're going to die. The, the men I've worked with, the Ukrainian group I've worked with, which shout out to them. Right. They're great people. I'm going to end up having some of them on the podcast here. But you are going to die. And some, your mother is going to weep over you 
when she receives the letter or sees your body, and then a general is going to pin another medal on his chest, and a politician is going to add another dollar to his pocket, and it is not going to matter. You're just a number. You're just a statistic. Another piece of meat for the garden. Yeah, that, and all, all of this circle, all of this circles back to me saying I am one thousand percent against foreign military involvement. As am I, and I, I couldn't have have put it any better than you just did right now. It's if you're in a position of power, you control it all. You control yep. it all. They don't care about you. They don't care about us. They don't care. I mean, literally, I could walk. I don't have children, but if I had a daughter or a son, I could walk to a welfare agency or I could walk to some government agency and say, hey, we're out of baby formula. I need your help. And the best that they would do would say, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah. Yeah. And it's I'm uh, sorry. I'm, tough luck, man. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not really our gig around here. But, hey, make sure you pay your taxes. Otherwise, uh, we're going to come arrest you. Make and sure for you some that. reason, for some reason, while knowing that these people are not for us, Americans think that the politicians that they have voted for for the past 30 years, Democrat or Republican, the old people that are in Senate, the people have been there forever. Oh, they're actually still for us. If Republicans had wanted to ban, actually ban abortion, it would have been done years ago. But that's not what they want. They want to use it as a talking point to keep getting their votes. If if Democrats had actually wanted to make forward movement on true gun legislation, it could have been done years ago and actually succeeded. But they don't. They want to create support dependency on them for people to support them and the sooner people wake up and realize hey these people are not for us the better off we'll be and especially the older people in congress and and i say this you, you i believe you're, i don't know how old you are but i believe you're about 20 years of age um that's correct maybe. okay and i'm i'm 21 years of age and a lot of people are going to listen to this and go oh man they're too young but at the end of the day our country was founded and fought for by men who were 17 to 21 years of age. And yes, there's a time difference. Yes, there's a maturity difference. But at the end of the day, I do not need some 60, 70, 80 year old man making rules and regulations for a life that he does not understand in a society that he does not understand. And I will stand by that 100 percent. Trump, Biden, I don't care. Kamala Harris, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, uh, who some uh, rep old Republicans that have been there forever, uh, whoever they are. Um, I do not care. They have no right making rules, regulations, and laws for me, a young American man, because they do not understand the society that I live in. Exactly. Exactly. And But here's the thing that, that you forget to mention. They don't care. <laughs> they, there they don't we go. Care yeah. about the society we live in. All they don't they about is lining their pockets with money. And correct. And another point, why should they care? They're 70, 60, 70 years old. They're going to be dead here in a few years. Why do they care about making their society better for themselves? They don't. You are 100 percent correct. Exactly. And that's why I believe we should have term limits for some of these. I spoke to a, an army recruiter recently, and I won't give his name for you know reasons, yeah, yeah. but I asked him what his, his political stance was with Senate and Congress, and he said, well, to be quite honest with you, I've been in the Army for eight years, and I think we should drain the swamp. Yeah, and, and he said the same people we, – we elect a new president every four to eight years. He said and we every limit time them. we elect a president, it's just a face for us to wave and smile at. The yep. same people that make the same laws and the same rules and the same mandates that we're going through right now – are still in office. It's not the president yep. we need to change. It's our Congress. 
It's no, I, I, I agree completely. And many people will associate draining the swamp with Donald Trump. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I'm not a Joe Biden fan, but Neither I am a fan of draining. I'm, I'm a fan of draining the swamp. I'm a fan of getting rid of these old people or people that have been in Congress for so long who have not made positive impact, who have not made positive change and who cannot relate to us. Uh, let me let me look at uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think is how you say her name. I do not like her. I do not agree with her politics. But I do like the fact that she is young and she is involved and she has an understanding of the youth. And and see, that's something that's that's another point Republicans and Democrats fail to do is they fail to sit here and admire someone's uh, character and the fact that they're being active because they hate them so much for their their political leanings. I do not like her as a politician, but as a person who's actively doing something and the fact that she's involved speaks volumes. And it, I would rather have someone like that who is doing something. They are wrong. She is wrong, but she is doing something and she understands today's culture. I would rather have that than have some old man on my side who does not understand my culture or society. Exactly. I, I shouldn't say culture, but I would say society. It's more of a culture. It's more of a culture because I mean, with countries come culture, I mean, and we're a melting pot of all sorts. Yeah. A lot of these older guys, you know, like you said, 60 to 80-year-old politicians, half of them were around during when the KKK was a thing. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> political views and everything else was a different thing way back in their day when they were about our age. Yeah. You know, so they're like, hmm, well, we can, we can introduce this new form of control. We can introduce this. We can introduce that. And then they're shocked when guys like you gather a group of guys and we're armed and we say, no, you're not doing that. Sorry. Sorry to tell yeah. you, but you're not doing that. Take these back to your masters, you know? Yep. And they're like, oh, well, yep. these guys are extremists and terrorists. I'm going to say something and, and you're probably not going to like it. And that's okay. It's okay. And most most. So you're going to say something that I'm, I may not like, uh, people listening may not like, but you're welcome to speak your mind. So go ahead and proceed. A lot of you that are listening, and even you, Mike, have heard of a false flag. We've all heard of a false flag. And I will live and die upon this hill that January 6th was a false flag. That that was created by federal agents. They hyped up a crowd. And they did what they, they didn't get what they wanted. They wanted it to be an armed conflict. They wanted people with guns to storm the Capitol because that was their end goal. That was going to be, okay, this is why they don't need firearms. We're going to take them now. But people decided to go in there unarmed. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat that tells me, oh, you're stupid. You know, that that's just the Republican mindset. They, they did that because, you know, they wanted Daddy Trump in office. That's not what happened. I guarantee you they were mixed in with that crowd. And some people died that day. Mm. But aside from, aside from the false flag, you know, they'll create chaos so that way they can give us their comfort. As well, well, yeah, and that's – I will agree with you there. Uh, we do have some disagreements on the, on the Capitol, right? And we, I'm completely down to hash that out in a future podcast. Um, but as yeah, I said, you're welcome – you're, you're welcome. That's, that's the point of America, and that's the whole point I'm trying to make with this podcast is we can have differences and still have a discussion. But I do want to agree with you there. It's like Michigan, the Michigan guys who were uh, uh, allegedly going to kidnap and uh, kill their governor, um, which yeah. – I mean, well, I won't share my opinion on it. But 
with with that, and then it turns out that the majority of the planners were FBI agents. They were trying to create a crime to solve a crime. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, so I do agree with you that they do try to create stuff to uh, to then create comfort and make us need their comfort. Once again, creating a dependency on government. So I'm gonna have to go ahead and end this uh, end this podcast. I Blake, I want to say. A thousand percent, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having this discussion. My goal with this podcast is to discuss very controversial subjects and present my viewpoint and my uh, guest viewpoint to our listeners. And I have people left wing, right wing on here with with different viewpoints. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank you so very much. I appreciate you having me, Mike. And it's a it's a true honor to meet a true patriot and an American like yourself. And I, I I'm like I said, I'm glad to be on here i'm i'm honored man and more than likely i'm going to end up getting myself killed in america before this is over with because uh i feel that my life has been shaped to stand up my life has been shaped to say something and as loud as i am it's going to create a lot of issues it already has um so i what i want people to do uh when i am gone whether i go to prison or whether i am killed or whether i mysteriously commit suicide and jeffrey epstein myself I want people to not let the banner that we carry as Americans to fall, to carry it on, to not stop, to not give up. And with that being said, also uh, for my listeners out there, if you would like to donate, you can hop over to Anchor, um, where my podcast is, and you can sign up for a monthly uh, donation, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Everything goes towards helping make this possible. Um, I'm currently in Ukraine. I live off of donations. I pay my bills back home. I pay for things here. Um, anything and everything helps. I also have a cash app, which is uh, cash app and PayPal will be linked in the description here on Spotify. Um, please like and share this everywhere that you can with your friends. That's more support than the money can be because then we reach a bigger platform and more people listen. Um, I'm also going to continue promoting this on TikTok until I'm banned. Um, but thank you guys for listening so much. And thank I hope you, you look it. forward to our next ep- episode. Um, as we platform more people and listen to more ideas and beliefs and uh, please like uh, follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do to this podcast. Um, Thank you guys so much. And, and Blake, thank you once again. Of course, Mike, it's always a pleasure. All right. Six Emperor Trennis, brother. Bye. Six Emperor Trennis.